Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant. Joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. If you would like to find out more about Awakening Reformation podcast, you can find us on rebelalliancemedia.com. You can also subscribe to the Rebel Alliance Media feed to get all future podcasts, as well as the Rebel Podcast that comes out on Wednesdays. And our other podcast called Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids, which comes out on Monday. That show is created for families and created for children in particular. A quick little 15-ish minute podcast about church history. You can also find blogs and other teaching materials on rebelalliancemedia.com. So please go there and check it out. Yes. You can also find us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can engage with us on there. We encourage you to do so. We Mm -hmm. love it. And please share our content. Please invite your friends to like the page. We would greatly appreciate it. You can also email us at awakeningreformation at gmail.com. So I think with all the little admin details out of the way, we can jump in to our topic tonight. Sounds good. So it's going to be a little heavier topic tonight. We're going to talk about abortion. Yes. You probably already gathered that from the title of the episode. So what the Bible says about abortion, what our culture says, what Christians should do in our culture about abortion. So we hope this will be beneficial to you. Yes. Abortion is the termination of a baby while it is growing inside of its mother. Up until the last 40-ish years or so, especially the last 30 years, Mm -hmm. the argument was that it wasn't in fact a baby, that it was just a blob of tissue. And um, with recent medical advances, we now know that it is in fact a living human being. Right. Which honestly, we knew all along. It was just an excuse for our sin. But because because now we can see what's growing inside of a mother... Mm Um, that argument has pretty much become null and void. So a lot of the arguments have shifted in the last 20 to 30 years, especially with the rise of the feminist movement, the third wave feminist movement. Abortion is quite the hot topic and it can get very heated very quickly. So we thought, let's tackle this. It doesn't seem to be going away without a fight. So Christians need to be equipped and prepared for this fight. Certainly. Right off the bat, we say we know that scripture tells us that we are, as human beings, created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. We are created with something distinct stamped on us, Right. something that the rest of creation was not given. And that means that human life is to be valued. And we can see God giving us all kinds of examples in scripture of where we should value human life. Even in the very beginning, in the first few chapters of scripture, we see God telling Cain that his brother's blood was on his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that was something that was not acceptable in God's eyes. Murder is not acceptable. That Abel had distinct value and Cain stripped that from him by murdering his brother. We can gather from scripture that God does, in fact, care for the dignity of human life. Not too long after 
the story of Cain and Abel, we read in Genesis 9, after Noah gets off the ark, God gives him commands and he says, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Mm -hmm. So we see that God doesn't take it lightly when we deface his image in another image in another image bearer, when we right. take the life of someone who bears his image, when we kill that person. Right. God doesn't take it lightly. He actually says capital punishment is what should be enacted. Right. Well, and we know that because we're created in God's image, when we do take the life of someone else, whether it be a baby who's still growing inside of its mother and mm -hmm. developing, or someone who is uh, born and an adult on the outside, I mean, either... Either way you look at it, when you murder another human who is created in the image of God, what you're saying is, I don't value God because this person has that image stamped on them. Right. And that I have no regard for. Yeah, because Christianity also says even love your enemies. It's not even just that, oh, it's somebody who loves and worships God, so we take care of that person. It's mm -hmm. all people. God has told us to take care of. Right. Just like what Erica is saying. It's it's a belittling of your view of God. And it's really revealing mm -hmm. how high you view God, how high you view his scripture. Right. Um, when you talk about your stance on this. And another thing I'd say is that you don't understand the cultural mandate either. You know, we are told that we should be fruitful and multiply. Right. So to reject God's mandate to us that tells us we should reproduce and that children are a blessing and a heritage. When we reject that outright, it tells me that you're not seeking to serve the Lord or to obey God. Yeah. And even our culture's way of trying to soften it by saying it's family planning. Mm -hmm. You weren't planning, so get rid yeah. of it. And you might listen to us right now and say, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a Christian. Of course, I agree with you. Or you might say, well, that's just your opinion. Or could there really even be a Christian who's okay with abortion? And the sad fact is, is that I'll, there are many liberal Christians who are totally okay with abortion. And there's this new argument out now that says that if you're pro-life, but you aren't fostering a child or actively yeah. adopting or something, then you're not really pro-life, you're pro-birth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of their little catchphrase now is that you're pro-birth. And I just stop and think to myself, like, don't you have to be born first before you can <laughs> adopt or before you can foster? And those are great things. Don't get me wrong. We encourage adoption. Both of our families have been blessed by adoption. We are all about it. Christians should be about adoption and fostering. But what I'm saying is just because you can't adopt and just because you can't foster doesn't mean that you don't have a voice or you can't stand against murdering the murder of a child. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. And it's a straw man, ultimately, because they basically try and make you feel as though if you can't adopt or if you can't foster, and there are legit reasons why people can't, then you just need to shut up and you don't have a say in the argument. I think that's a pretty, pretty bad uh, ad hominem argument where they're just trying to find some other mm -hmm. flaw in your virtues in order to discredit your argument for this other thing, which kind of just shows that you're right. Yeah, that's, so. that's what I was going to say, too. You know that you're starting to corner someone when they start coming up with all kinds of crazy <laughs> right. ways to win an argument. And the fact of the matter is, is that science is on 
the biblical side of things, science proves that children yeah. are, in fact, children. Increasingly, too. Like, more and more, it's just, mm -hmm. it pushes the date closer and closer to conception, proving that this baby is a live human being. Culture is not going to like that. So they have no. to come up with Something. multiple reasons why you're wrong somehow, you know? So... They're going to appeal to science. Well, that argument's gone. So mm -hmm. now they have to appeal to something else. So now it's going to be um, governmental, right? Like the government can't tell me what I can and can't do with my body. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try and appeal to the government. You know, right. keep me free in this for the sake yeah. of liberation. Appeal to their liberties. Mm -hmm. For the sake of liberation, you must give me this right as a woman. Don't oppress me. To kill my child. Which is very interesting to me in the age of equal rights, equal marriage, quote-unquote, where we say that two men can be married or two women can be married, and that's not traditional marriage. But their entire argument was that a right that the rest of society, heterosexual society, had to be married was being withheld from them. And so with that same line of reasoning, though, would we then state that because a woman can kill her child while she's pregnant, then the man who impregnated her also has that right to do so? Are mm. we now saying that men should have equal rights as women in the... They can order a doctor to kill the baby yeah. that's in her tummy if, yeah. it, if it's his? I mean, is that what we're saying? This this is just ludicrous. And I don't think many people who are pro-choice would ever argue for that, obviously, because mm -hmm. that's insane, but... It's where it leads. But it does. It leads to yeah. that. This, this train of thinking. And also, I think it's really interesting when women say, oh, it's, it's my body. Oh, uh, no. It's my choice. How many times have you heard that from women? Oh, it's like on every picket sign for every march. Yep. My body, my choice. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a woman's way of just shutting men up. What can a man say to a woman who's saying, it's my body, tell me what to do with my body? It, I mean, it instantly sets up that you against her, you can't tell her what to do, you're not her boss, see you are oppressing me. Exactly. And it's, it's just... Yeah, it's her way of just shutting a down a conversation. It's a defeater, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a, just a defeater to shut it up, yeah. Like, see, you're just a man. That's why you're you're trying to tell me these things. But what do we say to that? She says, it's my body. I can do what I want. Well, I just think it's a ludicrous argument anyway, because yeah. the government has all types of infringements upon our liberty, so to speak. Right. We, with what we do with our body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are not totally free to do whatever we want with our bodies. The government is not okay with prostitution. I know mm -hmm. there are like certain pockets in the country where it's legal. Well, in other countries, it's legal. In other countries, yeah. it's legal. Uh, in our country, by and large, it not is legal. illegal. And if mm -hmm. you prostitute yourself, even if it's totally mutual, even if mm -hmm. both parties are consenting. Yeah, the woman isn't being forced to do it. She's not being forced to do it. She is not in any type of sexual slavery. She's just willfully wanting to prostitute herself. The government will still fine and penalize her for doing that because she's breaking a law that the government has placed upon her. Mm -hmm. um, there's drug laws. There's, you know, alcohol laws. There's modesty laws. There's all kinds of laws that are put on women. And for some reason, this argument of it's my body, my choice has like latched on. And right. It's that's not even true. Mm -hmm. It's not even like okay, then go prostitute yourself. Yeah, we don't see how think... see how far that gets you. That's that's not even a true statement. Yeah, it, we don't think, and it sounds good for the time and for that moment, 
And so they run with it. Mm -hmm. They don't actually think anything through and think about the implications of what they're saying. Yep. Logical. You know what's interesting, though? When about a month or so ago, we went outside of our local Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. and we picketed. Yep. And when we were preparing our kids for what pushback they might experience while they were out there, uh, we had to explain to them, you know, you might hear people say bad words. Yeah. You might get people who maybe even like toss things at us out the window, the car window, or I mean, you never know. The one thing that I w- was really surprised by, honestly, was that most of the opposition we got, like 98%, was from young men. Yeah, that was interesting. It was normally dudes driving by, mm-hmm. screaming stuff at us and saying very colorful things. It was interesting. One guy yelling out, then, then you pay for him. And then, you know, some expletives. Yeah. While he drives away his brand new gigantic lifted truck. Yeah. Well, and it's just so funny that that's where his mind goes to is money. Yeah. That child that I created with the woman is going to cost me something. Not a blessing. It's a Well, and that's just like, it's just our society is that we're so cheap. You know, everything is so cheap and so disposable. Even life is disposable. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. It's not valuable. And we just don't have any semblance of what is important or what's precious to us. It's just, it's cheap. Well, and it's incredibly selfish is all it is. It's individualistic because this baby is going to cut into mm-hmm. the money that I have for XYZ and the Video stuff Video games, I, alcohol, partying. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to cut into what I want to do. And so, well, that's a bummer. Yep. Rather than it's a blessing and to enjoy another little image bear. We had, what, 15, 16 kids out with us? Yeah, I mean, that was just, what, four families? Yeah. Between four families of our church, we had 16 kids, something like that. It was super cool. So it's it's not that we're, we're preaching something that we're not willing to practice, mm-hmm. you know? It is hard work. Parenting is extremely hard. But if you do things God's way, if you plan your family God's way... Mm-hmm. There is great reward. Right. Yeah, it is a blessing. So we just want to talk through a little bit of common pushback that you'll get. And because most of you probably are pro-life or Mm -hmm. most of you probably would agree with us since we're a reform podcast. We understood that most of our listeners probably agree with us that abortion is wrong. It should not be happening. That the church needs to do something about it. And there are many different avenues that we can engage this issue in our country. And so we wanted to kind of address some of the common pushback that people normally get when they engage us and hopefully equip you and help you engage with friends on social media or at work Mm -hmm. or in your church Mm -hmm. or out at the Planned Parenthood in your city and just how to do that in a way that glorifies God and hopefully brings Christ kingship to your locale Mm -hmm. to where you are to bring that area under the lordship of christ well and i would like to say too sometimes we feel like there is this great atrocity going out in the world and Mm -hmm. i don't know what to do about it right i'm just one voice i'm just one vote i'm just one person what can i do yeah and i've encouraged a few men with this and i've been encouraged i can't remember where i got it from so i don't want to misquote that Courage begets courage. Mm -hmm. And if just that first person takes a step forward, 
then everyone else looking, thinking the same thing will go, oh, that's what taking the first step looks like. Right. And then they'll do it too with you. Because the, the desire was there too, but they were kind of scared. But if you have courage, it will beget courage. So here's my soapbox to encourage you guys out there to be the one to go to your elders or go to your church leadership and say, hey, can we can we see if a few people want to go to the Planned Parenthood and hold some signs and, and pray you know, and, and maybe talk talk to someone if they want to. Take that first step of courage. Yep. Respond on social media. Share that link or that article yeah. or something. Subscribe to some of these uh, pro-life websites and stuff so you get updates that you can share those on your social media because this is not going away. Right. And we want it to. I feel like there is a little bit of momentum behind the pro-life movement. This generation is becoming increasingly more pro-life. Now is the time. Today is the time. We will answer to our grandchildren for this grievous sin. Mm-hmm. We will answer to them for why a third of their generation is not here. Yeah, that's crazy. So what are you going to tell your grandkids? That you vote a Republican? That's it? Mm-hmm. We have way more influence. And if you're a stay-at-home mom like myself and you, you know, you don't, work on the city council or you still have influence. You still have, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred friends on Facebook. Share pictures, share stories, share pro-life literature. I mean, mm-hmm. it is so powerful. We've had friends who have been adamantly pro-choice and then they saw what an abortion actually was and they saw what an aborted fetus actually looked like. It shocked them and they became pro-life. Yeah. So that story that Erica just told, I would say, would encourage you to realize that uh, you shouldn't assume that everyone knows exactly. Not everyone even really knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that goes to show, too, our culture is trying to hide it. Yeah. Trying to hide the realities of it, hide what they're doing. Well, even when we went down to Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. our local Planned Parenthood is quite strategic. And I think most Planned Parenthoods are set up in very similar ways where... You don't walk into the clinic and out the clinic the same way. Yeah. So there's bushes that are very strategically placed in front of windows. There are fences put up so that people inside of the building don't have to see the protesters. Mm-hmm. And that the protesters don't have the opportunity to really come into much contact yeah. with a lot of the people who are about to walk in or walk out. Yeah. The front door is the furthest away from the sidewalk. Well, and why the back is that? Of the building. Because they know that if they have people sitting in their waiting room and they can see pictures of mm-hmm. dismembered babies on the sidewalk just a few, you know, yards from them, that's going to that's going to perturb those people. And yeah. They're not going to like it. They're not going to they're going to lose business, you know? Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing is wrong and they're just suppressing that truth. Yeah, and uh one of the guys out there picketing as well we went out there told me that all the plant parenthoods that have consistent protesters actually show that it hurts their bottom line mm-hmm. what did he say by like 30 percent yeah it was a large chunk it like was, they hate it <laughs> it was surprisingly high and yeah he he was um was he a priest no uh, he was catholic but he wasn't a priest okay so he's just a, a fellow guy on the yeah. sidewalk that was out there happening to mm-hmm. be protesting the same day that we were out there yeah and he said that if you just just be a presence. Just be there. Yeah, it just already being hurts there. Them. Yeah. It hurts their bottom line. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, be the preacher yep. or talk to people going in and out or whatever. He said that a lot of times it's because people just 
want to avert any sort of conflict or anything. And when they pull up and they see Mm -hmm. the signs and people out there, it just gives them like a funny feeling or something and they just keep going or they don't come back, just averts them from going there. And so that's kind of the missing numbers. You don't ever know if you go out there, you don't know how many you averted, but the bottom line from Planned Parenthood's bottom line. yeah. Yeah. So if you're out there and you would love to just do something, be an impact, mm-hmm. um, share stuff on Facebook, share this episode, just get people talking. Yeah. Share images. Mm-hmm. I know it's can be very grotesque and there's a lot of um, disagreement about whether or not Christians should be sharing images of aborted babies. Mm-hmm. And just from our personal experience, I know it's very disgusting and grotesque. But it's because it is disgusting and grotesque what happens to those babies. And um, just be bold and, and share those images. Yeah. And you will be surprised at the type of feedback you get from people. And it's mm-hmm. people don't know what that looks like. People don't know what those babies yeah. look like. They just think it's tissue. It's just, it's nothing. I know that our friend who went from pro-choice to pro-life just by seeing an abortion and seeing what a baby looks like afterwards, she had said that she just kind of thought it looked like, like after you blow your nose, just like tissue, like icky, mm-hmm. gross, like phlegmy stuff. And yeah. she, she didn't know it looked like a baby. Yeah. She just thought it looked like a wad of snot. That's crazy. You don't know what kind of change you can impact. Honestly, even if you don't want to necessarily start a new church ministry, if you just have a group of friends, just go out and just be there and pray and hold up a sign. Grab a friend or two. doesn't have to be a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Take your kids. Oh, my goodness. Take your kids. Yeah. There was a that same guy had told us that he goes out there every Saturday to the Planned Parenthood and he protests. And he said that he had not seen as much... Um, profanity. Profanity. <laughs> Heckling. And, mm-hmm. For, he said, probably the last couple months combined. And he said, it's because you have kids out here. Yeah. And just the first hour, I think we were out there. Mm -hmm. He said, I think the kids are what's stirring up these people. It makes it more real to them to see the kids out here doing it. So bring your kids out there. Start having conversations with your kids about this. And some of them can be age appropriate. Our four-year-old, we brought up a YouTube video and I just showed her what happens. Yeah. And there were tears. I mean, it shocked her. It shocked all of our kids should be shocking to everybody. But it should be shocking. Yeah. You know, there is this Holocaust happening in our country and mm-hmm. no one's doing anything about it. And Christians are the ones who should be standing up and educating the next generation. And we should be the ones up protesting. We should be the ones sharing videos all the time on Facebook. And we need to be more bold. Yeah. So I, I would encourage people to... That boldness needs to happen in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes this may not be a workplace conversation too often, but I know... Certain careers probably more so than others. Yeah, if you're in the medical field, this probably comes up more often right. than not. If you're in the, you know, cubicle land, yeah, then maybe not so much, but... And we've had pharmacist friends who would refuse to dispense the Plan B drug. Right. They would get in trouble from their bosses because the yeah. boss, their boss would have to call in another pharmacist into, you know, the yep. pharmacy and that, so they could just dispense this drug. Yeah. But they stood on principle and they said, I will not dispense this. You can fire me. That's fine. And they never got fired. Yeah. But Christians need to start being more bold, especially in the medical field and just putting their foot down saying, I'm not going to recommend for an abortion. I'm not going to prescribe this drug. I'm not going to um, administer these types of birth control devices. I'm not going mm-hmm. to do these things. 
Yeah. Um, one of the kind of ad hoc arguments, too, of the other side is the whole rape and incest. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the rape and incest? Mm-hmm. I had this question put to me by a coworker, but I just said, why would, why does the baby get punished for what someone else did? And to him, that was, well, I never heard it put that way before. And that's because when you are stuck in your state education in college, you're indoctrinated. You're indoctrinated mm-hmm. that just th- these are the reasons why we abort, except for it hardly ever is. It's like, Way less than it's half less than a percent one, yeah, or something. It's, it's less than 1% of actual abortions are, are due to of, rape or incest. Yeah. So throw it out the window. It's, it's just It's ridiculous. hardly even a statistic. But even in those cases. Yeah. Again, we're devaluing the image of God and the exactly. life that he's put in that person. Mm-hmm. However that life got there, why are they punished now for your sin or for someone else's sin? Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to stand up with good biblical arguments. Right. On a, on a biblical foundation of this is still a person. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Right. I mean, what if someone who was a product of rape or incest who's 25, 30 years old mm-hmm. is murdered? Would we not seek to prosecute the person who murdered them just because they are a product of rape and incest? Right. Yeah. I mean, of course we would. Of course that wouldn't even be... Yeah. A question, because of course it's just as much of a person as anyone else. Yeah, and that that argument still presupposes this disdain for children. Well, oh no, what yeah. a nuisance! I've gotten pregnant. Yep. Of course, not under the best of circumstances, right? But it nevertheless is still a baby. Yeah, it's still a blessing. Yeah, and and I know we've seen dozens of stories of people who were products of rape or incest and have become flourishing members of society, Christians. Another thing that I hear quite a bit is that you are against abortion because your Bible says it's wrong, but you can't push your morality on me because I'm not a Christian. Well, first of all, I would say half the laws of our country that you do like, you know, people not murdering you Mm -hmm. and people not stealing from you are from the Bible. Right. So shall we ditch those two? Right. I, I anticipate they would say no. God is now calling all men everywhere to repent. Mm -hmm. The gospel is worldwide and all people are breaking his commandments and therefore need to repent and come under Jesus' lordship. And that includes the civil magistrate, right? And so part of coming under Jesus' lordship would be saying, babies are not murdered in my realm. Mm -hmm. So I don't care. You, You may not want to submit to my Bible, but you should. Because well, Jesus yeah. is Lord. And there's that little bit of precept there too, like you're you're assuming a morality. You might say you don't agree with my morality, but you still have a morali- a morality that you ascribe to. Where do you get that from? Where does that come from? You're a you're a clever clump of cells, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean that your brain is telling you something, but if you take on an evolutionary, you know, worldview and whatnot, then Who's to say that those little fires that are going off in your brain right now that are telling you how you should process and think through information and what your morality ought to be, even doing that in a effective manner? Yeah, what if they're not? You wouldn't know. Purpose. Yeah, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know. I mean, none of what your worldview is ascribing to makes any sense. The only way you can even have a morality or any sense of judgment between right and wrong mm-hmm. is if you do borrow from the Christian worldview. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't even get into the argument thing. I would just get into more of the like precept side on that question and right. just say, you do believe in God and you're just trying to suppress him. Mm-hmm. And this is why I know that because you're stealing from him. 
you're stealing from what scripture does say to even make right. a judgment, you know? Mm-hmm. What else would be Um, helpful? Another one that's pretty common is, well, if the baby can't survive outside of the womb and it's dependent on the mother, then the baby and the mother are not autonomous. Well, let's do away with all forms of life support. Yep, life support or, I mean, anyone that needs any type of aid in life, heart medications. Diabetes. Yeah, I mean, they can't they can't survive without it. Yeah, so they're not a human anymore. If there's a dependency, then their life isn't valuable, I guess, right? Is that what yeah. we're saying? And honestly, we're all dependent because the Bible says that Christ is who holds all things together. None of us actually exists independent. Mm-hmm. So it's just silly. But that argument of, oh, it's just a blob of tissue, then had to morph into something else that seems somewhat scientific, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. where it went, was into that, well, it needs its mother still. So if it needs its mother, then she has the right over her own body. Once again, it leads into like, one one argument leads into another, and mm-hmm. it's just they're grasping at straws. Those arguments came out of the naturalistic, materialistic worldview, which is that the material world is all we have. There is mm-hmm. nothing spiritual. There is no spirit of that baby. Right. It is just a clump of cells. They deny there being any metaphysical part of our being. I mean, it's an unbiblical argument from from its foundation. Mm-hmm. There will be people who argue not necessarily because they really believe what they're trying to convince you of, mm-hmm. but they're arguing because... They've had an abortion because they've supported someone who's had an abortion. Mm -hmm. And in their mind, if they agree with you and they change their mind, they're guilty. Right. And they can't handle that guilt. Yeah. It's basically cause for them to have to admit that they are a sinner. Right. And they don't want to say, they don't want to agree to that. They don't want to be a sinner. So you must be wrong. And they will find a way to convince themselves that you are in fact wrong so they do not mm-hmm. have to submit to Christ's lordship. Yeah, and we want them to feel that guilt. Yeah. Now before you say you're so mean, listen, I want them to feel that guilt because then I want them to realize their need for Jesus. Yeah. I want them to realize their need for mercy. Yep. Which is where we all need to be. Right. You know, we all have to come to a point of need of mercy mm-hmm. in order to be saved. That's where God brings all of us is our need for him. And so if we belittle that guilt, if we heal the wound softly, you know, and yep. just kind of sugarcoat it or whatever, you're doing them no good. Right. And there are a so. lot of pro-life programs that will try and soft pedal the gospel a little bit, I think. Yep. And I think that's a shame. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a shame. Now, if there are people who are listening who have had an abortion, who have supported a girlfriend or someone who's had an abortion, and you do feel remorse and you do feel guilt, then we would say repent. Yeah. Turn away from your sin and repent. Admit that you have sinned against God and submit your life to him in obedience. And if you've done that, then praise God, you're forgiven. And that's all of our story. I mean, we may not have all had abortions or supported someone who's had an abortion, but we have all murdered. We are all, we all have blood in our hands and God offers forgiveness of our sins. And so this is a heavy topic. This is a weighty topic. And this might be a topic that really is uncomfortable for you. And it might be because you have sinned in those ways. And we would, we would like to tell you there is forgiveness in Christ. 
There is forgiveness found in Christ. No sin is too great that Christ's blood can't redeem that sinner. Yeah, and Hebrews 10 verse 21 and 22 says, Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Mm. And this is for you who may have had an abortion or for someone who has been complicit Mm -hmm. in that murder of a child that you still can feel that guilt and know that you can turn to Jesus with full assurance of faith to have your evil conscience and your body washed clean and made pure with the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Paul was a murderer, right? He murdered Christians. And, and he says that God saved me to show the world how big his mercy and grace is. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a murderer, turn to him. God's grace is that big. And this is how we ultimately end abortion, right? Ultimately, ultimately the gospel is how we fight against darkness. Mm -hmm. For Christians, I mean, yes, stand against abortion, protest, picket, pray. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, pray, educate. All these things are great. But if we are not proclaiming the gospel, then we're just really we're soft peddling. Right. This is know? a judgment on our nation right now. Psalm 110 talks about when God execu- executes his judgment on the nations, it says he fills them with corpses. Mm-hmm. So an increased number of death in a nation is a sign that God's judging us. Mm-hmm. And the church is where this needs to start. We need to grab a hold of our gospel and go charge mm-hmm. and spread the good news yep. that Jesus will forgive people of their sin and change their hearts. And as much as I love a good logical argument, and as much as I love science proving that life does begin mm-hmm. at conception and, and all these things, and those are great arguments and I'm not at all diminishing them. What we need to do is to proclaim the word of God because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Exactly. If all we're saying is, you know, stop murdering your baby, but we're not sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. then we're failing. We should yep. be doing both of those things. Yeah, that falls short of the Right. Because yes, you should stop murdering your baby because God says it's wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the power behind the ability to stop sinning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not just a pragmatic thing either. You mm-hmm. know, it's not just, well, our generation or, or the birth rate is so low in 50 years. Well, that, that's not what it's ultimately about. It's... Mm-hmm. It's about God and for his glory, ultimately. Well, and that's half of the ridiculousness of the pro-life versus pro-birth argument, too, is that they'll say, you're just pro-birth. You're not pro-life, all stages of life. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't know how you can be pro-anything if you don't have your sense of morality rooted in scripture. So yes, we should take care of our elderly. We should take care of toddlers and foster kids, um, all these different ways that we should mm-hmm. be pro-life. I get that. But only if those children are first born and only if we're sharing the gospel, because we can take care of the infant, the toddler, the adult, and the elderly, and then they die and go to hell. Yeah. So to be pro-life is really to be pro-eternal life. Like mm-hmm. you share the gospel. That is the thrust behind our message. Yeah. So true. And you know what? In our culture, it is praised to care for the orphan, to mm-hmm. for the hungry and the needy, and we give... And it's trendy. I mean, all yeah. the celebrities are adopting. Yeah. Philanthropy is in vogue. It has been for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, the irony is that the celebrity who will pay thousands of dollars to have someone else carry their child so mm-hmm. they don't have 
you know, their body's ruined. They'll have a surrogate mother. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, have a spread in People magazine and everyone wants to know what right. the baby's name is and all these things. Or they'll adopt and, you know, like Brad and Angelina right. have like 6,000 kids or something. Right. And, and everyone like wants to know how um, they parent and all of their tricks and all these things. But that same culture, that celebrity culture is totally pro-choice. Yep. They're the ones that are in front of the marches. How do those two ideas reckon? I mean, those are two clashing worldviews. Mm-hmm. We're going to adopt a child that just, you know, a couple years prior, we would have supported the murder of. Exactly. It I just know. doesn't make any sense. But it's the, the celebrities, too, that are on all of the St. Jude mm-hmm. commercials. Yep. The inconsistency is really sad. Yep. So Christians need to point out inconsistencies. Yeah. And become bold and start sharing things on Facebook and standing outside of Planned Parenthoods. Even if you can go out one Saturday a month. I mean, you have God's word on your side. Like, you have the power and the authority when you have scripture and it agrees with you. You have nothing to be fearful of. Christ said, all authority has been given to me Mm -hmm. in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and And make make disciples disciples all nations. Yep. So you have all the authority you need. Yep. You good? Yep. I think we're good. This right. was a very heavy topic. I'm sorry if we got kind of ranty. Sorry, not sorry. We are both incredibly passionate about, and so we mm-hmm. can get like really wound up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we hope that this was still helpful. If nothing else, if all of this you already knew, we just hope it emboldens you and exactly. encourages you. I mean, mm-hmm. there are tons of podcasts and Christians talking about abortion. This is probably no new information to anyone. I mean, I hope someone learned something from us, but but if nothing else, please just go do something, anything. Even if it's, you know, you're elderly and you're living in a retirement home and you can't do anything, get a couple of your fellow retired friends and have a prayer group and pray against your local Planned parent or do something. Don't just sit by while people are dying. I'm going to go off again. Don't, yeah. We hope this was beneficial and encouraging and edifying to you. We thank you so much for listening. Again, check out rebelalliancemedia.com and subscribe to Rebel Alliance Media in your favorite podcast catcher. And we hope you come back next week for another episode. And we pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin. The effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a Dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.
you peep this, you'll see that verse one is my thesis. It's the deepest truth that should get you speechless. What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces. Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus. Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees' wicked spite against Christ that turned this into Nicked Night. He called the rabbi and gave him props, said he was a teacher from God. Jesus replied, made him stop. Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in. In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again. That must have consumed and stretched his mind, cause he said, Can a man enter his mother's womb a second time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it. Jesus said, You must be born of the water and the spirit. No other way to enter heaven. That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent. The water symbolizes spiritual purification. Yeah. Flesh can only produce flesh. That's true and factual. Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural. It's kind of like the wind, which is free. East to west can't perceive the steps. You can only see its effects in the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. For the spirit's mysterious operation uh -huh. We will all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1 yeah. And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause It changes our natural habitation and situation It's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted So my dirt was inexcusable With new internal his person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable The lamb is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible So let us respond with true worship and love To the God who has given new birth from above